Welcome to Where Others Won't, episode 73. If you're just finding the show, I hope you'll check out some of the previous episodes, which include guests like Iowa Hawkeyes head coach Kirk Ferentz, former college quarterback Ryan Hawk, and Seattle Seahawks psychologist Michael Gervais. My guest on this episode is Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Adam Gotsis. A Melbourne boy, Adam played for four years at Georgia Tech before being drafted in the second round, 63rd overall, by the Denver Broncos. He's now entering his second season with the Jaguars, where he'll team up with legendary coach Urban Meyer and one of the best college quarterbacks of all time, number one draft pick Trevor Lawrence. I hope you enjoy my conversation about life in the NFL with Adam Gotsis. I've just realized this is the first active athlete that's been on the show. Adam Gotts, yeah. how are you, mate? Good, man. Good. Glad to be on here, man. Finally been able to connect and uh, both of us get some time to be on here, man. It's awesome. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. And let's get the most important thing out of the way for Australians. What was your nickname growing up? Uh, uh, I had a lot, but probably just Gotts. Gotts was probably my uh, AG Gotts um, was my nickname, but... Uh, yeah, I kind of had a couple just through junior footy and basketball, a few funny ones, but uh, yeah, Gots and AG were pretty much it. Yeah, not we can be really uninventive though, can't we? Aussies like John O and Robo. <laughs> yeah. mine, mine was Codes, Cody. Was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, pretty oh. standard, pretty yeah. standard. I had Did had you... one. The goat was one. The goat was one. So <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> Did you did you try to slot a few cool ones in like Hawk or Dingo or something when you came over to the States? Like these guys don't know uh, me from a bar of soap, so I can use my own nickname. Well, I kind of got a, one of my mates over here would just call me the Dingo all the time. Um, and they'd try and say it in an Aussie accent. So it'd, it'd sound pretty bad. But uh, there, was, there was just one, one or two guys that would kind of call me the dingo um, down there in Denver. So it was pretty funny, but I was just like, you guys are nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to slot a few in because I, again, like codes, I didn't have, I wanted one of those, yeah. you know, like an animal <laughs> or something. So when I moved to North America, I tried to fabricate one. What'd you go with? with? I I can't. I don't don't want to do it. I'm not even going to share it. No. (laughs) no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about kind of your your introduction to football. So, you know, this isn't a journey show. We're not going to do a tell us your journey. People can look you up. But, you know, Australians in American football are obviously most renowned for, for punters. Yeah. But you kind of had a different journey in that, yes, you started in Aussie rules, but you found the game really young and got into American football really young. So, like, how yeah. did that actually come about? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was basically just I was playing, like, Aussie rules football as a kid growing up. And, uh, you know, the game started changing so much to, like, kind of away from the big the big, heavy set kind of guys. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with that, it hurt in terms of me trying to take that next step to go pro in Aussie rules. Cause that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, 
So I was kind of looking for di- different sports, different options, and I, and I figured let's get into rugby. You know, they've still got some big guys out there that can move pretty well. And then uh, I literally, my mum stumbled across a flyer for American football, and uh, you know, she basically took me and my brother down there um, to to one of the local uh, kind of grassroots American football teams down there in Victoria, um, uh, the Monash Warriors. And uh, yeah, basically since then, I just fell in love with the sport, man. I felt. It, it was a sport that it didn't matter what size or what speed or, you know, what your, what your attributes were. Um, there was a position for you, whether you're a receiver, whether you're a guy that can throw the ball, catch the ball, um, block a guy or, you know, make, make a tackle. There was just so many different spots that you could fit into on the field that I just found my niche there. And uh, yeah, just fell in love with the sport, man. And then, you know, kind of a couple of years of being down there, it, you know, just elevated through the ranks and yeah, off I was to the States. So kind of went pretty quick. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the the kind of traditional story is, you know, Aussie rules player comes through the system yeah, yeah. and kind of gets to, you know, TAC cup level or NAB league level now, and then kind of realizes they don't quite have it there. And then, you know, goes to pro kick or whatever. And, and kind of yeah. graduates over and, and that, that was pretty close to what I was. I was, you know, yeah. I was with the Oakley Chargers. Um, I think it was the under 15s, under 16s development group. And, you know, I, I thought I was pretty good at footy at the time. And, you know, as I was saying, the game kind of was changing. And I think the way that they were recruiting guys and the type of guys that they were looking for were a bit different to me, a bit more guys that weren't as big and, and, and a bit more maybe athletic, I would say at that time in my career. Um, and yeah, kind of, I couldn't really kick a ball 60 meters at that point. So I was like, well, I'm not really a punter and I'm also a big dude. So, um, yeah, I was like, let me, let me pick a position and, and just have fun with it. And, and I just fell in love with the game, man. So you probably also benefited from, uh, you know, it being on television as well, because, uh, you're younger than me, but I remember a time when, as an NFL addict myself, you, you only had that 30 minute show on SBS to really see yeah. the game. Yeah. I think you, you would have seen, you know, full games. I think uh, when I first started, man, I, I actually don't think I had seen it on TV at the time. I think uh, hmm. my first ever game I saw my brother actually downloaded. It was the Rose bowl, Texas, USC, I think 2004 or 2006. Uh, yeah. It might've been, um, Vince Young, um, that type. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, man, I, lo- I loved it. Loved it. We played a bit of Madden, a bit of the video game and stuff. Um, but, yeah, you'd have the occasional – I think there'd be a couple games you'd, you'd get, you know, maybe one or two games a week or a couple games. Um, but a lot of the time it was televised in Australia. I'm at school, so I'm not really, you know, watching it or you needed Foxtel or pay TV to kind of watch it. So, um, yeah, never really – clicked until I actually started playing and then I'd, I'd kind of seek it out and, and, you know, set it on record or try and catch a couple of the games. But, you know, it's nothing like now where, you know, they're televising, the, you know, as many games as they can kind of um, back home. But, you know, back then it was, it was a lot more of a kind of a, a different sport, not, not that big of a following. Um, if you're a fan, you'd kind of have to seek it out and, you know, catch that half hour show or catch that hour show. Um, but yeah, man, um, 
I was, I feel like I was at the very beginning of it kind of taking off in Australia, you know, NFL. And now, you know, you go back home and we've got Super Bowl weekend and you've got a bunch of events, you know, throughout the year that watch parties and stuff like that. So it's, it's really good to see how the sport's grown for sure. What captivated me the most was how intricate it was. So, you know, Aussie rules, for instance, not, I mean, you could call it intricate in terms of kicking and things like that, but still like what I was interested in is that a hand position from an offensive lineman is a difference or a foot position or someone stumbles or it's half a second that the receiver's off. Yeah. And that makes or breaks a play. So what's it like actually in that? Like when you know that you've got a guy because of his hand position or you know that you've got a guy because of his foot position? Yeah, uh, you know, I'd say that the closest thing is, uh, you know, that I can relate it to. It's almost like, you know, early stages when I first started playing, um, pretty similar to AFL. I, I don't think there was very much structure to like the game. It was just, you know, AFL was more just like if you're a better athlete than the other guy, you know, yeah. scheme wasn't really a thing. But I think we saw AFL kind of develop with, you know, Hawthorne and the way that they've kind of set up that zone defense now that a lot of teams are playing. It's become a lot more mental, the game, and a lot more schematic, even AFL, than just like the free reign of just like chase the ball, kick the ball, get these runs. Um, Long down the line. Yeah. And then, you know, translating to the NFL was it's exactly the games for me. It's it's almost like slowed down because you practice it so much in that short, you know, little millisecond window that it's either I get my hands on this O-lineman or he's going to have his hands on me and then the positioning of it and the leverage and things like that um it all it all just plays little factors but yeah I mean to the to the viewer on TV you probably just see big guys running into each other and you know the novice NFL fan just sees you know a receiver just faster than the other guy but when you slow it down and you see you know the millisecond frames of you know Aaron Donald hitting a pass rush move and it's, you really see like, okay, this O-lineman's shooting his hands and the, the split second for him to like, you know, chop an arm down and, and flip his hips and then, you know, clear himself through a gap that's maybe like a foot big in, in a split second, you know, the game just slows down so much and it's so much just anticipation and things that you practice a lot. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy because I try and explain it to people and they're just like, you know, they just see it again, just like two big guys just you know, two giants colliding with each other and one guy's either going to push the other guy back. But, you know, it's so intricate, as you are saying, you know, one one hand in a different position, you can lose or win the rep. And, uh, you know, that one rep might be the, the game on the line on that one play. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's in, intricate, a lot of pressure and, and almost like that quest for perfection. Um, but every every play is so different, you know, even though you might be getting the same blocking scheme, it, it might be a second quicker, a second slower, his hand higher than my hand, my hand higher than his, you know, it's, it's, it's every play is different, even though the scheme might have it drawn up the same. And that's where, you know, you can do the X's and O's, but then you have to put the right guys in the right positions um, to make it effective. So yeah, it's it's very intricate, and that's and that's something that really drew, drew me in even more because it's forever learning. You know, yeah. um, 
you can never learn enough in this game, whether it's from a vet, whether it's just from your, yourself, self-teaching, self, you know, self-evaluation of, of games, of plays. Um, there's never enough that you can learn. So it's, yes, I love it. Yeah, one of the things that I recommend people do is if you go, and this doesn't make sense to Aussies necessarily that come over, but if you're not familiar with the game and you go to an NFL game, sit in what you would call like the Madden position. So sit behind the goals because yeah. it gives you an appreciation for what you're talking about yeah. where you don't just see guys whack into each other. You actually see how small the gap the running back is going yeah. through. It's really only from those positions that you can really yeah. see what you're and, talking about. And, and even me, you know, I always tell guys like, I don't even know what the game looks like from like the safety position or from a DB yeah. position. It's a whole different game that they're playing compared to what I'm playing, Yeah, you know? Um, and I'm sure other sports, when you break them down to that level, you know, it, it is like that, you know, like for, for Aussie rules, for example, um, you know, like the forwards are playing a different game than the midfielders. They, they view the game differently. They view their assignments differently. Um, things like that. And that's the same for us. You know, you're a safety that's 15 yards off the ball and every other player on the field's in front of you. Um, but at the start of the play, a lot of the time you're retreating as a defense, like you're giving them ground and then coming forward where almost the opposite, like you think offense, they're going forward to attack. O-linemen are actually retreating to protect, mm. you know, and, and defensive linemen are going forward instead of coming backwards like defense, you know, um, so it's it's it breaks down to that kind of point where the game's so different at every level and every position on the field that you know if you have a breakdown in communication, a breakdown on assignments, it, it it exposes like weaknesses in the defense, and that's where that cohesion, that repetition, the practice, and that's why you know if you watch an NFL practice or training camp, there's you know so many plays and drills and. You know, we're going to run this one defense against 10 different offensive looks because we want to see what matches up best against what they're doing. And, um, yeah, it's a big chess game at the end of the day. You know, different pieces that can do different things and have different rules and who can who can utilize their pieces most effectively. And then let's kind of continue down that thread but go the other way. So talk about kind of how the culture comes together because you're right that there are so many different position groups and they see the game differently and they have different coaches and and then there's this holistic thing that needs to work together as well in that you know all three phases need to be on the same page yeah. the, the head coach needs to kind of have some guidance over how the team yeah. plays and and what their Definitely. identity is and and how all those pieces fit together yeah i mean culture's such a big thing and uh especially in like that locker room because you know again like the defensive line we meet as a defensive line we we meet as a defensive unit and then you know we really don't interact with the offense much you know they're doing their thing so the the receivers are meeting the o-line are meeting then they'll meet as an offensive unit and then really as a team that's you know the job of the coach, the job of all these position group leaders and stuff to be able to make sure that guys can mesh, guys know their assignments and it's building trust within one another. And that's a big part of culture is trust, accountability, um, responsibility. So if you can establish some of those things within the team, um, hopefully the team can come together well and execute um, whatever the, the game plan is for that week. Um, 
But yeah, it starts, you know, it's a year long process of this people, you know, they just see the, the games on Sundays, but you know, we're, we're at it year round, whether it's off season, whether it's working out with guys, it's building trust, it's building that accountability for one another. Cause when you're out there on the field, um, a lot of the time, everything else goes out the window and you just got to know your job and assignment and execute your job and assignment. Cause if you're worried about what the guy next to you is doing and you're thinking I got to cover up for him, you're probably going to bust your own assignment a lot of that time. So um, again, it's, it's, chess at the highest level you know it's it's crazy but uh yeah going into this season man we've we've got a whole new culture down here in jacksonville and you know i've, I've had about five or six different head coaches i think i've had five different head coaches now in the nfl um in my six-year career so it's been a bit i've seen have, i've seen all different kinds of leadership styles all different kinds of cultures and uh you know i'm super excited about this year i think uh you know we got the right one and i think uh yeah, hopefully we can pull it all together and have a great year, man. Yeah, yeah, exciting times for sure. You know, high draft yeah. picks, new coach. Um, yeah, you know, a cultural coach. Yeah, a whole a whole revamp of the culture, and that, and mm. you know, it starts from even the signage and and the the way we operate inside the building, the way you carry yourself, the way you know when you walk in inside the building, there's certain expectations of of what what we are as players what they expect from us as players, um, what they expect us to do out there on the field, there, there's an expectation. Um, and I don't know if, you know, I kind of look at, and I, I, I try to compare it to Aussie rules football clubs. Cause you know, that's the highest of the, the best of best in Australia. And I think that's where, you know, you see these teams that have that big success in Aussie rules. I think it's a culture thing. I think, uh, it's the way the players carry themselves, the way they operate, the mentality of the building and, and the coaching staff and, you know, their leadership group. And I think the teams that don't do too well are the ones that lack that culture. Um, and, and it's a hard thing to establish and it's, and it can be very different um, team to team, organization to organization. And I think even in the NFL, you look at like the Patriots, everyone says the Patriots way, um, it's a big thing on culture, you know, and that's something that they've established. And I think that's something that they do very well, um, which has given them success in a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, Aussie rules, I think got into that piece quite early. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the equalization measures kind of drove that as well in that, you know, the salary cap and draft and all the different yeah. kind of talent acquisition measures evened it out. And so it became this, well, how does this group actually operate together? Yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely hard. I mean, again, yeah. When you're putting stuff on like that way, you know, you might draft one guy, but he's an 18 year old kid and you expect this guy to change in a whole organization and, and do all yeah. that stuff. A lot of those kids do need that development. Um, and, and it's kind of changing now where these younger kids are coming in with, with ex expectations to contribute early, you know, mm -hmm. not to, not to be a guy that sits there on the, on the bench and has a couple of years to develop. And, you know, as a young dude, it's like, Hey, it's come in because we, we need to win now. And this is the culture and you're either a guy that plugs into our system or you're not, you know, and that's, and that's a big thing, you know, you see in the NBA and I mean, the NBA still got a little development phase to it, I think. Um, but the NFL's definitely a, a come in now and you got to be an impact now or you're gone in a year, you know, and, and that's the kind of that 
free agent thing. They can cut you anytime. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're worth. You're, you're expendable a lot of the time. Makes it tough. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> One of the things that stands out to me about the NFL that probably, I think everyone knows it, but there's not enough credence given to it is how many games are decided by a field goal and essentially a last second field goal. Yeah. I like, I I looked up the stat recently, but I I can't remember what percent it is a huge percentage of games, which means that the pressure is on it's last second pressure execute, you know, final drive kind of stuff. How do you think about that in terms of, yes, you've got the, you know, you in your position, you need to be physically ready, but, that, that is a mental game by the time it gets to that that final, like we need to stop here. Yeah, 100%. It is. Um, you know, I think last year we lost seven or eight games by it was under three points. And I think <laughs> I, I was, it might have been under four points. And I think uh, five of those or six of those games, we actually had the ball in the last two minutes and had a chance to go down and score. Um and, you know, we ended up losing them by three or four or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, it's it's about executing at the right times in the game. You know, you're going to have plays that are good and bad throughout the game. But it's that, that those moments right before the half, you know, the end of the half. Can defense get a stop right before the half? Or can offense go down there and get some points right before the half? Um, and then that last five minutes of the game, that last two minutes of the game, it's... Who can execute better when you're fatigued? When when the brain's starting to starting to go, you know, your body's starting to shut down. Who who can execute? Who can stay the course? Who can and I think as we we're saying, you look at Tom Brady. I like using his as an example because he's his, you know, the ball's in his hands with two minutes to go. It's, you know, it's, people know something's gonna happen and we've seen it so many times. And it's almost like he's got this cool, calm collectedness to him at that time that I think a lot of his teammates can look at him as a leader on the team and, and they see it in his eyes that he's, he already knows what's about to go down. He's been there, his experience, he knows what it is. And, you know, it's almost like already written out what's going to happen. And you just see him boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden they're down there, kick the field goal. Here we go. We win the game or boom, 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 touchdown. We win the game, you know? And it's, uh, yeah, it's all about executing in those critical moments. Um, again, you're going to have highs and lows. You're going to, you know, throw an interception here. Defense might get one back. Um, but it's about that execution right there at the end of the game when the game's on the line. What team's going to execute better in that last two minutes of the game? Can defense get the stop that they need? Can offense get the first down and or get a couple of first downs to get them into field goal range? And, you know, we see it over and over. And that's the result of the, the game right there. And for you, do you have like a, a mantra or something that kind of centers you, you know, as crowds going nuts, there's a hundred thousand people in the stadium, it feels like your teeth are rattling and your brain yeah. is kind of. I mean, sometimes it, you get to a point, um, you know, that the noise is almost like white noise. You know, you're mm-hmm. so locked in on what, what the call is, where you have to line up, what your job is, what your assignment is. And then it's almost just like, can you go out there and execute, you know? I just try to take some breaths, just stay calm, you know, stay calm. You can't let yourself get, get bigger than the moment because sometimes, you know, that can hurt you, you know, because then you, you might do something that's not really what your job is because you're, you're so yeah. hyped or you're trying to just make a play at that time. And, 
you know, you, that's where the trust comes in your teammate. Everyone has to execute their job, you know, whether it's the safety has, has to take the, the deep half or something or whether I have to run an inside stunt or run a pass rush game with the D end or whatever it is. Um, but you see a lot of that, the time that that game's on the line, it's, it's a lot of, we know what they're running. They know what we're running, who can execute it. You know, can the pass rush get home? Can, can your elite pass rusher beat their left tackle and get home and get a sack and close out the game? Or, you know, is that guy, is that left tackle going to lock up the D line and, you know, the quarterback's going to sit there and put the pressure on now the, now the DBs and the receivers who, you know, are back there trying to cover their asses off and, <laughs> and not get scored on. So it, it, it all ties hand in hand, you know, and, that's what makes it so hard, you know, and makes it so, so much pressure because that one mistake, you know, that one time the receiver bites on a route or, you know, ha just has a bad rep at the very end of the game can cost the mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Um, but, but then it comes back to, could someone else up front want to win a one-on-one -on -one matchup and get to the quarterback and that can end the game? You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's unreal. And it, you know, but they're, the, but they're the moments you live for. You know, that's the moment you live for is that last two minutes of the game, can I be the guy that does my job and executes it to such a high level that I impact the play and have success on it? So, yeah, um, you get goosebumps, you get the, the chills, but it's unreal, man. I, I love being out there on the field in those situations, crowd going wild and, you know, especially when you're at home and, you know, on defense, you get the call and it makes it so it's the home field advantage thing in the NFL is so insane. When you're out there on offense and you're playing on the road and you can't even hear the snap count, that's or you can't even hear the, the communication between, you know, the O linemen and stuff like that. It's got to be hard where defense, you kind of get a bit of advantage. You know, if you're playing on the road, it's dead quiet. You can still hear the snap count. You can hear you know, the O-linemen talking, but they can use that to their advantage as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors that come into play, but, yeah, I, lo I love those moments for sure. Yeah, one of my favourite videos on my phone is in Cleveland and they're playing yeah. the Raiders and it's it's third down. So, you know, Derek Carr's trying to march them down the field and you just, you can't hear anything. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy, it's you know, and he's trying to probably get the ball and, you know, the receipt, it's all timing. And that's where it's almost like you've, you've rehearsed these things so many times. And again, we practice these situations at, at, at practice, you know, it's not just like we're out there just running, running routes and, you know, doing one-on-ones and stuff like that. We're actually practicing these situations. So, you know, we'll have periods throughout the week where it's, okay, now we're working on red zone. Now we're working on two minute before the end of the game, two minute before the half, 30 seconds left on the clock, end of the game, one time out, you're on the, you're on the opposite 65 yard line down by four or down by three. So we're, we're practicing these situations. So at least you've kind of had a taste of it going into the game. And that's how I think we execute on such a high level a lot of the time. But a lot of the time, again, it is just one missed assignment, you know, one D lineman jumping out of his gap and they run the ball and, you know, it's the first down and they're in field goal range, you know, that's all it takes. So, you know, it's about trusting in the game plan, trusting in the coaches. And sometimes it's just not the right call matching up against it. And, and a guy just has to make a play and, and that's what it can come down to, too. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's, it's a crazy game for sure. <laughs>
you mentioned the kind of array of head coaches that you've had and and that brings even more position coaches and things like that. But a lot of coaches listen to this show and what we're interested in right now is like how, how do we coach individuals in a collective? Yeah. So like how do you like to be coached? What what you know, what really gets you going and how like how can coaches yeah. kind of tailor their approach to someone like Yeah, you? it's it's hard. It's hard because you know again, we're all so different and we've all had mm. these different life experiences and we've learned from and, and developed into who we are and the character of us. But again, it's a business. So you got to understand that sometimes the coach isn't going to be the best coach for you. And you just have to have trust in yourself as a player and what you've done and, and take that responsibility on yourself. A lot of the time, if you're not getting the coaching that, that you think you should be getting or, um, but a lot of, for me, I like having a, a bit more of a personal relationship with my coaches. I like when they treat me as a man and not like a little kid. Um, you know, when it's more of we're in this together, let's figure it out together rather than just like I'm telling you what to do and go do it. Right. Um, but again, you know, I'm a, I'm a visual guy and then I'm a guy that has to walk through things. I take a lot of notes. Um, I'm a guy that will sit there and take notes. I've been in rooms where guys don't even take notes and they can just go out there and do the stuff. And um, it's pretty crazy because for me, I like to, I'm very detailed of my stuff. Um, I'll, I'll take my notes. I'll go through them. I'll, I'll make flashcards. I'll do anything I have to do to make sure I know what the hell my responsibility is out there on the field. And there are guys that don't do that. And then they're out there on the field and they're messing shit up as well. So um, everybody learns differently and, and it's about the coach figuring out who he has and how they learn because as a coach that should be your job right. figuring out the best way to teach these guys to teach them individually and as a group and that and that's where it gets hard because as a as a group you know we've got 12 15 guys in our in our room that we all learn differently you know so some guys might be able to sit there and you can just go through the powerpoint and say all right on this you've got that 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 on this play you've got that 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 all right let's go out there on the field and some guys might need to break it down more some guys might need it broken down more but you know a lot of uh, some of the good stuff coaches have said to me is no question's a dumb question if if you do have a question ask it because hopefully that coach can explain it to you. And if he can't explain it to you, ask, ask one of your teammates. They might be able to explain it to you. Ask someone else in the room that understands that. And that's where a lot of that veteran leadership can come in as well is, you know, this coach might not be able to explain something very well to me or very, I'm not really understanding it because there's different ways of learning it. And that's where maybe getting it from somewhere else, someone else and they can explain it a bit different might, might, click a bit but for me again it's I like seeing it I like writing it down and then I like walking I, I like walking through it because you know there's nothing like you know and that and that's what we focus on again you know even our, the way our practice is scheduled we'll have a 45 minute walkthrough before we actually practice and a lot of that walkthrough is walking through this the plays that we're about to get walking through the defense that we just put in so a lot of that time, it's just like on barrels. They put these barrels up as alignment. So you get your alignment, your assignment, your technique, and then execution. So, yeah, it's basically just a process of, of that and then repetition on top of that. But, yeah, it's, it's tough because, again, dudes all learn differently and yeah. work ethic comes into it and what guys want to put into it is what you're going to get out. So a lot of guys that really don't care about that stuff, it can come back to haunt you like in those situations where games on the line 
they call a play and you're like, well, fuck, I didn't write the shit. What do I got? <laughs> yeah. you know, what do I have here? But then those, some of those guys are so athletically gifted and talented that you can just say, okay, you're, you just got outside rush on the quarter. You just got outside rush. And he can just go out there and say, all right, I'm going to go get a sack and go get a sack, you know? Or you can just say, all right, you've got, you've got number two, like on receivers, like as a DB, all right, you've got number two in man, or you've got this. But again, when, when the game starts moving fast, it's, you've got to be able to process all that information in a couple seconds, get lined up, know what you're doing, know what pass rush move you're going to hit. No, it's, yeah, it's split second decisions that, you know, can either win, win or lose you the game. I mean, I, I know you're kind of a student of the game the whole time anyway, but did that kind of also, or was that fire, did that kind of come from being an outsider and, and like almost a feeling that you you had a little bit extra to prove or? Yeah, definitely. When I first got to college, you know, I was I was definitely not as strong and fast and explosive as a lot of these guys just because you know the Australian school system you're not lifting weights you're not training like the way they're training um stuff like that a lot of that's just on you you know and a lot of that's you're going down to the local YMCA and just lifting doing beach beach weights and stuff like that so I knew you know from my Aussie rules background I had a I had a I had a good conditioning about me so I could run all day I could play all day but for me it was just like let me get stuck into this playbook. Let me understand everything I need to do and just be consistent with it. Um, and that was my biggest thing was, you know, yeah, I'm going to make my plays. I'm going to have bad plays, but I'm going to be consistent, you know, and I'm going to be there all day. I'm going to have that motor and I'm just going to do what I have to do. Um, but it's, it's definitely, you know, the scheme is one thing that I try and get down straight away. As soon as I get somewhere, it's like, let me get this scheme down. Because if you're thinking out there, you're moving slow. You know, if you have to think about what you're doing, you're moving slow. Where if I just hear the play call and I'm like, boom, I know where I'm lining up. I know what I've got to do. Boom, I'm there. Now it's like I can, I can now process what they're doing. Instead of thinking about what I'm doing, I can look at my O-lineman and get a read from him. I can look at the formation and understand what the formation is. I can have a look over there at the, the down and distance and say, okay, it's second and seven. What, what formation are they in now? Okay, they're in this formation. What are their tendencies when they're in that formation? This is all information that I'm processing before that ball snapped. Um, and that's from you know our coaching and our scouting department doing a great job of breaking down the game plan for us where we know like – every situation what they like to run so we know first and 10 if they're in this formation what do they run they might have five different plays out of that formation on first and 10 so then it's a process of elimination okay what what am i getting from my o-lineman in terms of run pass read or what type of combinations am i likely to see in this situation and then me executing my job knowing what they're doing um so it gets it gets pretty in depth like that, but that's every play. You know, every right. play is a different situation. So we go from first and ten; it might be second and five, and then their tendency is like, okay, they're eighty percent run. Let me look at what their formation is. Okay, they're in this formation. I'm expecting this type of run, which means I'm expecting this blocking scheme from these O linemen. How does my assignment and my job change to what they're what they're doing? So you're talking there about, you know, obviously the power 
obviously didn't translate from from Aussie rules. Obviously, it's a, com- a completely yeah. different sport that way. Were there any elements that you could bring with you that were other than kind of that endurance that were, were really useful yeah. to you? Yeah, a hundred percent. The 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 chasing and tackling, um, the angles that you have to take in Aussie rules because it's such a game of you know. There's so much space that hmm. you know if the guy's running down the wing in Aussie rules and I'm coming across the field, what angle do I have to make to take that make a tackle? And then when I'm tackling him, you really got to wrap him up. You know, you got to actually grab him. Otherwise, you know, they're so good at fending you off, just like in rugby, you know, give you a don't argue or, you know, smack your arms off. So tackling's the main part of, you know, Aussie rules football, um, tackling and, and pressure and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, I've always been able to run and chase and tackle. That's that's always something that I felt just comes naturally. And then I think that comes from Aussie rules. But then being a big guy and being able to like bend, pick up the ball, um, you know, run, jump, do all these different attributes um, from such a young age, I think it just really helped to like my just natural athleticism where if you're kind of like a 10 year old kid here, that's a super big kid, you know, they've now put you in like a box where you're just operating in like a five by five or 10 by 10 window that that's all you're operating in. We don't need you to run any more than that, you know? Um, and if you do that for eight years or something in those prime development aid, like athletic development ages, it's going to probably ham- hurt you a bit more when you're now 18, 20 years old. And now they're saying, oh, shit, you got to run 20 yards. It's like, well, I've never run 20 yards in my life, you know, um, where, you know, I used to play like rock, full forward, center half forward, where you're, you know, you're running all over the field at times. You're you know, even just leading out of the goal square, you're, you're going on a 30 yard sprint. Um, and then you've got to sprint, jump, catch a ball and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel like so many Aussie rule guys could come over and play tight end positions like that, where, you know, that athletic ability and like ability to do so many different things. I feel like it translates a lot, you know, over to the, to the game for sure. But, you know, again, like I missed out on some of the other stuff where, if I was maybe one of those guys that, you know, I'd like a D lineman and I've played D line since I was 10 years old, maybe certain other parts of my game might be a bit higher than what they are now, you know? So there's, there's give and take, there's, there's wins and losses with it all. So, but yeah, it's just about developing yourself, working on all the little stuff that you have to. Uh, One of the things that I get asked a lot, particularly around, this kind of thing like the olympics are on right now is like how how does australia compete at all these things and i say you have to understand the way we grow up like do everything you know thinking back to sport at school even you know the amount of things that you put into and then you just create things you're out playing cricket in the front yard me and my best mate used to do triathlons because he had a pool like yeah you know around the neighborhood (laughs) yeah went and then and then footy and then, you know, soccer, we'd play soccer. On the, and so all these things translate. And that's how you end up with someone winning the Tour de France, someone yeah. in MotoGP, someone in Formula One, someone in the NFL, someone. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, it's like me as a kid, I picked up everything I could. You know, it was just about, you know, there's no pressure on, okay, you're, you're this type of guy. So we're putting you in this sport and that's it. It's you got mates that are doing this, you know, I, I had mates that were playing footy, basketball, 
Um, I had a mate that, you know, was playing high level baseball. Um, and, and even in Australia, like growing up, I was like baseball. I didn't even know we had a baseball team, but you know, then I, you know, I'd make the like Olympic level swimmer, um, everything, BMX, all that type of stuff, you know, um, there's just so much, uh, I'd say opportunity just to get into these sports at just like a rec level, you know, just for the fun of it as a kid, you know, um, and, and it's not taken extremely serious at that point. It's more just like, this is what my kid wants to do. Let him go out there and have some fun with it. Um, and I think that really adds to just that you, you don't know where that's going to lead or take this guy in terms of creativity and what he can manifest in his own mind. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And then, you know, you add in that Aussie culture of that, that hard worker and hard yakker. And that's all we know, you know, is we're going to compete and, you know, we might not be the most gifted talent, talented or, you know, the, the, the most athletic, but you know, that, hard work and that work ethic I think is you see it in so many Aussies that have had success is just that never give up doesn't matter if you're a hundred hundred to one odds against you you know there's that that chance and that's kind of instilled in you um as a kid um I don't know where that comes from but it's just you know you see it even in the, the basketball right now in the Olympics you know they've always been competitive you know they might not have the best roster but you know I think a lot of teams, you know, respect Australia just in terms of their competitiveness. And you see those guys that are playing over in the NBA. And, you know, I see Paddy Mills, Delvadova, those guys, they're just tenacious in the way they approach the game. You know, they might not be the biggest guys or the, you know, the most LeBron James looking guy, but, you know, they're going to go out there and the minutes that they get, they're going to play balls to the wall, hard, hungry. Um, and I think you just see that across the board with Aussie athletes. It's unreal. And you're obviously a, you know, a hero to a lot of people back in Australia, particularly kids kind of coming through. Like, what do you say to, to kids like that when they come to you for advice? Like, how do they yeah. kind of refine that grit and, and actually turn it into something? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people that do reach out to me, a lot of what I tell them, you know, I try and figure out kind of how serious they are about some of the stuff. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, 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 if that is, you know, asking me for a little advice on something, you know, I'll try and give them the best advice I can, but the ones that are really trying to come over and, and, you know, maybe give American football a shot. I really tell them like, you know, you got to do a couple of things. Firstly, you just got to make sure that your grades are right, that you, you know, that you're registered through the NCAA. And this was advice I got from someone um, because without none of that, it doesn't really matter how athletic or whatever you can do. If, you, if you're not eligible to be here, it's, it makes it that much harder. So take care of that stuff first. But then in terms of your work ethic, you got to realize like you're trying to, you're trying to compete against these kids that have done this their whole life, you know? So within yourself, you got to believe in yourself and you got to show up every day and just give it everything you have. You're going to be tired. You're going to be, you know, exhausted. You're not going to, you're going to want to quit but just keep showing up, just keep putting in the, the work, you know, um, just keep stacking the days, whether it's a good day, bad day, show up the next day. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard and it's not easy. Um, and I don't think, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of kids and stuff when they start realizing it's hard, it's, 
you know, you got you got two different types of people: the people that embrace that 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 toughness and that those challenges and the adversity that comes with it being hard, and the ones that would just shy away from it and look for something else. And 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 that's not to say that that's the end of that person's journey. You know, that might push them into something else that they might find more success in and be like, oh, okay, now I, now this is something I'm a bit more passionate about, and I can really you know sink my teeth into it and get into it. But yeah, I just try and give them more of a, a life lesson than a specific lesson um, and just say, you know, you're going to run into shit. You're going to run into the hurdles, but it's about finding a way over it or around it or whatever you got to do, you know, because even with me getting recruited and doing all that stuff and trying to get cleared in the clearinghouse, there were times where I was like, Fuck, you know, is this, is this actually going to happen or am I just, you know, chasing something that's not going to really happen and I'm trying to figure it, get eligible and doing all this and I'm emailing clearing house in the mornings and doing shit like that and it's just like man like <laughs> i don't even know what the hell is it, am i gonna get picked up at the end of this or is it just gonna be like but you know what i said i'm gonna commit to it i'm gonna give it everything i have and whatever happens happens and i you know what's the worst thing that happens i don't i don't make it and then i just come back and i, I find something else to get passionate about here in australia and and keep it going but you know if this is what i want to do i'm gonna you know, put everything into it. And then to have the support of my parents and, and my family behind me with a lot of that stuff is huge. And, you know, having a, having a good support circle around you is just as important as the, the stuff you're putting in, you know, you've got to have the people around you believing in you and, and uh, you know, committing to it as well. You know, I couldn't have done any of this without my mom. Uh, you know, she did so much for me in terms of helping me out, getting my stuff organized for, you know, to get it over and become eligible and stuff like that. But, yeah, without her, it, it makes it very tough. So, you know, to all the kids that are out there, you know, your parents have to support you. They have to, you know, believe in it just as much as you do. Even though they might think it's not realistic, they need to make sure you, they know that they've got, you've got their back. They've got your back and stuff. So it's big. Well, and and that's the word. And, and that's been my realisation here. Like, even if you just think about it, so you know, the US 350 million people, it's a super competitive market. Yeah. And then you may as well throw in Canada to that. So now yeah. you're at 400 million people that there is so much talent, so yeah. much going on here, so much specialization, so many people that what's captivating about it is that it's so competitive. Like it yeah. doesn't get more competitive than business, sport, like any music, anything you can yeah. think of is at its absolute peak here. Yeah. Now, if that's interesting to you and you want to have a crack at that, there is nothing like it. Yeah. Nah, at but, all, man. It's but, but you're right. Like you've got to have that support network and, and that belief in yourself because yeah. someone else does. Yeah, they, exactly. It's if if you don't believe in it yourself and, and you know the people around you in your circle don't believe in it, um, it's hard. And, and even if you do believe in it and the people around you don't, it, though that energy and, and those thoughts creep in and, you know, that self-doubt starts coming in and, you know, again, it's easier to just to sometimes walk away than just to keep chasing something. Um, but if you have that one person or two people that can just, you know, say, you know what, go for it. We'll still love you. It doesn't matter, you know, go enjoy it, you know, um, and we're going to, and we're going to support you, you know, whether it's, you know, like my mom would do fucking driving me to all my practices, making sure I was at my trainings, doing all that stuff, you know, 
she's got four other kids that she has to take care of as well. But, you know, she made sure I was there and she made sure that, you know, I had footy cleats, I had basketball shoes if I needed them, you know, whether that meant her having to work extra shifts so she could afford that stuff. Um, that's what she had to do. And, you know, she saw the passion in, in my eyes and, you know, we were always like a sport family. And I think, you know, she loved it just as much as we, as we did. And, you know, even talking to her now, she's, she wouldn't change anything about it, you know? And, uh, yeah, she just, she just loved being around it and contributing and doing her part and, you know, making sure that we're there and being happy. And yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome, man. I'm sure she's super proud. Yeah. Let me change tact a little bit here. What have you kind of stumbled on recently that maybe has surprised you? Like, have you found a Netflix show? Have you gone down a Wikipedia <laughs> hole? Are you obsessed with space now because every billionaire is shooting themselves up into space? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> is, there, is there something that you've found where you're like, I never thought I'd be interested in learning about this, but now that I've seen this thing, I'm interested. Um. I don't know. I've always been pretty interested in some some different stuff, but I I, I do like the aliens and all that stuff. That's something <laughs> I've I've been pretty into. Um, you know, I wish I wish there was a bit more stuff coming out. Um, I kind of follow that how how they released a bunch of stuff, and I try and follow it. But I'm like, you know, some of that stuff's just way above you know my pay grade and my bandwidth that my my head can handle. So it's it's almost like good that, that you know I don't get too too far down too many rabbit holes but uh you know youtube and stuff's a funny thing you might be on there watching one video and then all of a sudden i'm watching ancient aliens like 10 seasons of it (laughs) but uh nah man there's yeah i'd probably say some of that stuff um i've been pretty into some of the fishing shows i I really enjoy fishing um so i I try watching a, a lot of the fishing shows like wicked tuna and stuff like that where they're catching these monster tuna and and all that stuff. And, I'm, you know, I'd probably say <laughs> that after being in the States and meeting a few people, you know, getting some land and, you know, kind of getting off the grid a bit sounds pretty dope and setting up shop and doing something like that would be, you know, pretty cool. And just, you know, again, you surround yourself with the people you want to be around. You interact with the people you want to be around. I feel like there's a lot of negativity on on some of these social media platforms and things like that that, you know, you almost just want to break from at times. And I think, uh, you know, um, just having that that peace of mind and clarity, having some land or out there on the water or something like that, where you can just embrace nature and, you know, get back to the roots of, of finding who you are as a person and not who society classifies you as a person um, is something that, you know, I really like. And I think, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to and, you know, sometimes it's it's hard you know in the position that we're in that you know you have to be a certain person that society wants you to be or your business wants you to be um and you know you kind of can lose yourself in that sometimes but uh yeah just trying to take care of myself mentally and and enjoy some of the the greater things that this world has to offer you know and not not stay on the negatives too much is something that i've really been trying to focus on these last probably two three years is you know, just staying in the right state, yeah, mental health-wise and stuff. I think it's, you know, a lot of people lose themselves in some stuff, so. Well, me and my wife want to buy a ranch out in Colorado, so you're always welcome, mate. That's awesome, man. I will definitely be there. I've enjoyed my time out there in Denver, um, out in Colorado, and there's, you know, 
some beautiful places out there and you know I've, I've looked at some places out there Wyoming um, yeah. some places like that as well and I think you know there's just again you surround yourself with the people you want you communicate with who you want to um, you're on a different time you're on a different uh, different schedule you know and it's just uh, you you really enjoy in life at that point you know and I think you know, I was just talking to my mom. I'm like, I want to get a greenhouse. I want to get some some animals. I want to do stuff like that and just, uh, you know, just just enjoy life, man. I think, you know, you work so hard and you, you do so much over the years and stuff that, it, it, you know, to be able to enjoy that time with your loved ones and, and your family and just sounds pretty nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, uh, we're, selling, we're selling the dream right now. We're selling the dream. That's it. <laughs> Well, so Anthony Seabold, the Brisbane Broncos coach, put me onto Yellowstone. So me and my wife yeah. have been watching Yellowstone. Yeah. So I need to watch it. I've heard good things, man. Mate, it's fantastic. Kevin Costner is the greatest actor of all time, obviously. <laughs> but uh, no, talking of the, the ranch idea, so that, yeah. that's what's around me at home. They're not in Colorado, obviously, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, we're, we're fully on that boat, mate. So always welcome. Where can Definitely. people that uh, want to follow along with you, where can they find you and follow yep. your progress? I'm on a... I'm on Instagram, just Adam Gotsis, um, and then Twitter's Gotsis96. Um, but yeah, uh, again, you know, any fans, anyone that wants to reach out, shoot me questions and stuff, I try to try to respond and, and stay in touch with a lot of people. Um, and again, you know, all supports welcomed, and you know, love love the interactions that you can get on there and the positivity that people can bring to you as well. So. Um, yeah, reach out and, and jump on board and, you know, follow the Jags as well this year, Jacksonville. Um, hoping to have a big year down here and, yeah, hopefully we can do this again and, you know, maybe after we win the Super Bowl or something, we'll we'll get it going. Well, if they open this border, mate, I'll, I'll jump down and, and grab a game. You got but, to, uh, man, for sure. Mate, it's been awesome to watch your journey. Obviously, you know, like I told you before, I'm from Glen Waverley. And so seeing, yeah. you know, uh, someone else from from our part of the world succeed like you have and, you know, get the get the call from John Elway and, and, yeah. and do all that sort of stuff has been awesome, mate. So yeah. well done and, and thanks for sharing your journey with us. No worries. Thank you, Cody, for having me on, man. It's been awesome. Um, I'll have to get up there and, and, and have a run out there on the footy field with you, man. It's been a while, <laughs> but I'll, I'll have to get back into it, man. Just clear the clear the Ford fifty. That's just it. Put me in the that's square. it. That's it. That's that's who I, I was. Big Wayne Carey fan. So that's it, man. No, I appreciate um, it, mate. Thank you for having on. It was awesome. Thank cheers, you. mate. Hey, thanks for listening all the way to the end. Where others won't, and the tough stuff are available globally on Amazon. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, head to codyroyal.com. See you next time.